From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound. We'll just kind of have a roam and a wander through the site, and I'll share with you really the season. ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and sonic wonders from Sonic Wanders. We listen to everything we can get our ears on, then bring you the best of what we hear each week. So we are running out of time. Recently, we were intrigued by a collection of stories that are best described as sound walks. Rare stories, not driven by plot, not out to clarify an issue, or dive deep into a character's psyche. Instead, these pieces go at the pace of real life, meandering into shops and schools, along sidewalks and streams, to discover the mysteries of people and places around the block and in distant villages from Baltimore to Britain to rural Alaska. Today on ReSound, we amble in an oral kind of way. Stay with us. Producer Aaron Henkin has walked all over Baltimore, Maryland to capture the city block by block, storefront by storefront. He peers into the windows, of course, but it's his microphone that opens doors. Here, we visit the 4700 block of Liberty Heights in northwest Baltimore. I haven't seen it rain this hard in a long time. Well, I guess God said he's going to bless the earth. Name is Anthony D. Arnold. 4701 Liberty Heights Avenue, Baltimore, Maryland. My story is I'm a former MTA bus driver. I drove for 32 years, been retired for eight years. I'm enjoying life to the fullest. But I'm a man of modest means. The people that I came up with died when I was a teenager because they was living that fast life. But more or less it is, hey, I made it through the Richter scale, through that crack. 60 years old, I just turned 60 this year. I'm just getting started. God said he's telling the truth, that's why he hit that thunder. <laughs> Six minutes after 10, and we have rice and peas going on right now, getting ready, because we're holding at 12. We have cabbage, jerk chicken, curried goat, curry chicken, brown stew chicken, oxtail, red snapper, string beans, tilapia, chicken soup going on here, whiting, we have collard green, plantains, white rice, and candied yams. My name is Lena Winter, the business is Caribbean American Eat, and it's located at 4740 Liberty Heights Avenue. My husband and my family, we all work together as a family, and we found this spot back in 2002, May 10th. My name is Harry Winter, I'm the husband of Lena Winter. It must have been a wonderful surprise to discover what a good cook she was, right? Yes, I was. <laughs> Everybody been wondering why, why she cooks so good and I, I remain so skinny. <laughs> um, Andrea Winter and um, Harry and Lena's eldest daughter. I know my mom would like me to take over the business at this point, so I'm actually considering it, but it's, it's so much to learn. Andrea. 
I was born in Jamaica. I'm the first of 11 kids, so cooking was a part of my life since my mom would put a box, a wooden box in front of the stove and I had to get on top of it and start cooking. And she would teach me to cook and then I had to do it because I was the oldest. Three minutes after 11, we have um, 57 minutes left. Pushing for time right now. 11.23 and the beef patties are ready to go up. Just a little more cooking. It's 11.47 and uh, we're opening 30 minutes and the collar is ready, the patty is ready. So far, we look like we're running good, good timing today. Give me just about anything and ask me to cook, and I'm ready to do it. It's a pleasure. It's my whole life. We have a rack of clothing here, women's clothing. And mainly you have suits and dresses, uh, all colors, all sizes, just a different variety. I'm Jean Johnson, 4734 Liberty Heights Avenue, and I run Reputade Nearly New Shop. It's a consignment shop, and I sell used clothing for people, and I do a 50-50 split when I sell the merchandise. I take in mostly women's apparel, accessories, hats, clothing, jewelry, pocketbooks. Fashion has always interested me, and I am doing what I enjoy doing. I love what I do. I love opening this door to this shop every morning to come in and to see the customers come in. I, I enjoy this. This is my calling. Good morning, Reputay. Well, good morning, dear heart. How are you doing? You ended up with 20. It was 23, and I gave you a little discount, so you ended up with 20, darling. I'm your girlfriend, and I'm your girlfriend. <laughs> I close at four, Charlotte. Did you? <laughs> All right, baby. Okay. <laughs> I love you back. All right. Bye, sugar. Bye bye. <laughs> Well, we have uh, tobacco, cigarettes, lighters, cold medication, Bluetooth speakers, headphones, cell phones, smartwatches, kitchen stuff, chips, household items, snacks, beverages, candy, drinks, bonds, cookers, Hello, everybody. My name is Khan Noor. My name is Shah Noor. From Afghanistan. Salam Alaikum. He's a great kid. He helped me within my business a lot. New York Convenience, 4700 Liberty Heights Avenue, Gwen Oak, 21207. I'm 18, about to turn 19. I did two years of wrestling. I went to state, lost that state, and then this is going to be my last year wrestling. I'm going to try to go all the way. He liked wrestling, but that's, that's not his future. <laughs> what are some of the most important lessons in life that you've learned from your dad? Don't get used. It's very hard here because it's dangerous, especially at nighttime. All the stabbing, shooting. Uh, sitting here at two, that was one o'clock in the morning. I was standing by the cash register and my pops was standing next to me. Watching see bang, bang three times. Coming from outside. Just went out the door. We both ran out to see what was the problem. A guy is scrumbling, you know, blood all over. He got three shots on the chest. And we all held him together so we could hold his blood in put pressure on his holes, you know, the gunshot wounds. And then the uh, ambulance came, took him. He was pronounced dead that night. He was dead? Yeah. And the next day, regular, like nothing happened. Death can come anytime. You know, he probably did, wasn't even, he didn't even know he was gonna die that night. Mookie, 4600 block, Olivia Ice and Winnow. I've been shot up here, but it wounds. 
You said I went through it. Man, unknown guy. Put the gun to my head. I blocked it. Then I pushed him. Broke off. Boom, 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 some more. Where did it happen when you got shot? Were you out in this on this block? Yeah. Right there. About 20 feet away from me where we standing right now. My name's Tay Rock. We do what we do. I mean, not saying too much, you know. Man, that's hard for real, man. I've been shot 11 times, you feel me? Did, did you say you got shot 11 times? Yeah, 11 times, right here, right here where we standing at. Right here, at once. I got shot in the head twice, the neck, shoulder, arm, hand, stomach, back. Yeah, took that, came back. Yeah, like it never happened. And now you're standing back here in the, on the same spot where you got shot 11 times. Yeah, yeah, I ain't scared. Ain't no scared in my blood. Yeah. Man, Lord Net, 4600 to 2800 RNG, you feel me? Like, it's not like a n wanna do this stuff. It's how sometimes it gotta be, you feel me? Everybody can't be the good person to go to school. Everybody can't be the president. Everybody can't be a lawyer. Your generation been raised to sell drugs. You wanna wind up selling drugs. It's a possibility you might go to school. But you gonna wind up selling drugs. You gonna wind up doing something because it's always in that person, you feel me? You're not supposed to be looking out for nobody else to give you a handout. That's why I'm glad my mother trick raised me the way I she raised me, you feel me? She ain't never give me shit for real. She made me go get it myself. That's why I'm still out here surviving right now, you feel me? You can't just come out here then you'll get respect and it, it's gonna be handed to you get smoked like that on sight. The hardest thing doing is trying to survive, stay alive for real. That's all you stay in your lane. Be who you is, you can't act like you something that you're not. That's how you end up short. Uh, it's Chop, we're on the 46, 47, 4800 block. Gwen Oak, been around here all my life, born and raised. If you know Gwen Oak, you know me. It's our community, and we try to protect people from the police, because the police, they be harassing people more than the citizens in the community. The police rarely be the ones putting their foot down on people for real. So I'm out here, I'm surprised I made it this long, but I made it and I'm here and I'm happy for it. Trade A, man, I'm right here on Liberty Heights in Gwen Oak, you heard with my Gwen Oak you heard. I'm live from 1-5 though, Paul Heights. We laid back fellas, you feel me? We really trying to get out of here. We ain't really trying to do this forever, you feel me? What's it look like to you at that point in the future when you get out of the game? What do you yeah, envision for yourself man, after that? I wouldn't really necessarily say get out, you feel me? Just a different level. What's that next level look like in your mind? The next level looking like for me, you feel me? I mean, to get these motherfucking pounds up on this motherfucking weed. Yeah, I mean, go to work, you know I mean? I got the whole block flooded, you know I mean? I'm all right. Yeah, I mean, from Liberty Heights to Park Heights, you know I mean? To the, down there to the Jets, Gilmore Homes, where Freddie Gray died. Rest in peace, you know I mean? So if you're just tuning in, you're on 4700 Liberty Heights Avenue. It's out of the blocks. One hour of radio, one city block, everybody's story. My name's Trey. I'm on Liberty Heights in Gwen Oak. A lot of my homeboys didn't make it this year. Like, my best friend didn't make it this year. He came home and he got murdered. My best friend didn't make it. I lost a lot of homeboys over the years. So with me, I just try to just be out the way and just try and get straight, you know what I mean? I'm going to school, going to school to be a nurse, you know? I'm just trying to get straight, get out the streets. That's all. Yeah, I'm Ken Tay, we're on the 4700 block of Liberty Heights right now. 
Yeah, I'm a family man. I'm around here, but I'm about to go to school for carpentry and electrician, but I work for UPS. I actually used to be in the streets, but I've been stabbed, shot, robbed, almost killed four or five times, but having a job, you don't have to look over your back. You don't have to see who's watching you. You don't have to spin around a block two, three times before you go in the house, and et cetera. Like, so there's a peace of mind now, it sounds like, that just was never there before for you. Yeah, a big change, and I love it. Yusuf Ali from Libby Heights in Gwino. A hustle. I thought I'd be a millionaire by now, as long as I've been in, in the game. But uh, right now, my life is really in shambles, man. I got a I got kid on the way. My life is, is really wild right now. How, how so? Say more about that. Like, what's chaotic about it? Like, you wouldn't know, I'm, 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 I, I sell narcotics. So, like right now, I got enemies around. Talk about how that happens. I mean, how do you make enemies? <laughs> I might take something from somebody. I might rob somebody. <laughs> you think they're gonna just lay down and this guy just took my money and he ain't, I ain't doing nothing to him. I ain't gonna do nothing back. But you feel like it's worth the risk then? If you got a record like mine, like, the jobs are not hiring. They're looking at your record, oh, you're the second three-time felon, you can't, no, nah, we, we ain't having that, you know? I had just came home at the beginning of the year, and, like, I just got caught up in this drug life again because I couldn't find a job fast enough, you know? And so now I could be on my way back to jail because of uh, of some fines I ain't paid yet. You know, they want me to pay like a thousand dollars as soon as I come home, but how can I do that if I don't have a job? And now you gotta go back out here and sell drugs because you can't get a job fast enough. The drug trade is just not my only hustle. Man, you tell me cut your grass and for $50, I'ma cut it. You tell me dig a hole for $100, I'ma dig that hole. You know what I mean? I don't care what you're using the hole for. <laughs> I'ma dig it. You know what I mean? You be able to throw a body in there, how big you want it. Yeah, I'ma I'm dig it for you. <laughs> you know? So, it never stops. I've been selling uh, sweatpants, dresses, jewelry. So I've been selling different things in there. Hello, this is Robert. This is 4732 Liberty Heights Avenue. And I've been away for a long time. I've been away for about 20 years in prison. I had to make a new change. And I met my friend of mine named Mr. Mac. He gave me the opportunity to run this little business right here. He trusts me. Come out of prison, it's hard to get a job. People won't trust you. And Mr. Mac gave me a chance. He gave me the key to the front door. And uh, the last four or five months, I've run this by myself. I'm doing good. How old are you now, Robert? I've been 59 years old in about 60 more days. You were in jail for 28 years. You've spent half your life behind bars. Yeah, yeah in prison all my life. I don't want to go back there. Can I, can I ask what the circumstances were or the charges? Attempt uh, murder. Gave me 50, 65 years. What was the story? What happened? 
Uh, we were selling drugs in the projects, Lafayette. And uh, I'm dead wrong. The guy bumped me <laughs> and I shot him. And I paid for 20 years of my life. I wonder what kind of words of wisdom you have for kids out here who are looking at a possible future similar to what you've experienced. Okay, I tell them about my life. I was 15, 16 years old, got caught up in the jungle out here. And uh, when you make bad choice, you gotta pay for it. You wind up with life in prison. You get life in prison, you finish. No return back. Your life is going down the road, man. That was an excerpt from 4700 Liberty Heights, produced by Aaron Henkin with an original score by Wendell Patrick for the podcast Out of the Blocks from WYPR, Baltimore's public radio station. Aaron and Wendell have covered a total of six blocks so far, with six more to go. And for the first time, they'll be venturing out to other cities. When I asked Aaron how they picked the blocks, he told me that they are intuitively drawn to areas that are the unglamorous, unsung backbone of the city. To hear more out of the blocks, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. Coming up after the break, wandering through a British cemetery that's brimming with life. Stay with us. Yes, it smells of summer and smells really, really fresh. Welcome back to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxi. When it comes to audio stories, there is so much great stuff out there to listen to these days. And it's our fantabulous job at Third Coast to sift through it all, then pick the most intriguing and interesting work to bring to you on ReSound. This week, we take our inspiration from the idea of wandering. What might you find if you brought a microphone with you on a walk, a stroll, or an amble? Today, we do away with plot and open our arms to happenstance. In 1841, Tower Hamlet Cemetery opened in the town of Bow in the east end of London. 125 years later, it closed for burials. The cemetery slash park spans 31 acres and is the city's largest urban woodland. The park's history, from cemetery to nature preserve, mirrors the East End's long history of providing a refuge for migrants and immigrants. Here is Meet Me at the Cemetery Gates. Do you like the, the park in here? Do you like it in here? Um, yeah. What do you like about it? Wasps! Wasps? Wasps? Carrying crow, jay, magpie, blackbird, song thrush, robin, dunnock, blue tit, great tit, long tail tit, up to the birds. 
I love it. People, some people don't stand it, can't stand it, can they? I, I love it. But we'll just kind of have a roam and a wander through the site and I'll share with you really the season. Like a fruit that you would take the juice out of and it just does that. Oh, it's very, very calming, yes. Um, it's at times sort of stops, doesn't it? It's sort of stands still for a little You could see all the way south through to Shooter's Hill from here and see the mast of the ships in 1841 when we opened. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Hello, how are you? <laughs> this is Boss. You're going to say hello, Boss? You're going to say hello? I never tire of this, and all through the year, it's always something different, and you can really feel the seasons here, you know, if it's snowing. <sighs> it's hot! Oh, so hot! Lee! It's so hot! Not too bad now it's not raining, but when it's raining, it's terrible through here oh, with all the mud. In the, in the snow, we walked through the snow before now. If, if I stand here with my eyes closed and think, think back, it's a very quiet place, considering where we are. Two minutes from the Mile End Road. All sorts of poisonous snakes, poisonous snakes. Yeah, they used to go with sticks and try to poke into holes to see if the snakes will come out. Um, in the, not so much now, because children don't seem to play out as much anymore. And we never told our parents we were hunting for snakes. <laughs> as soon as that flower head's finished, we chop the, chop the head off. Bloody kids. <laughs> bikes and we'd ride around and stuff and we'd climb the trees and it had an edge it was kind of scary um, we were 10 years old and you don't get much braver than a 10 year old on his own bike this is definitely not the path there's a likeness in a lot of places but not everywhere I can take you into quite dark quite dark woodland I heard some crows in the background a short time ago. The carrying crows have quite a substantial population here. And they're very noisy. You, if you're having a sandwich at lunchtime, you'll see a crow sidle up and land close by on the telegraph pole. But on occasion they can get quite violent. This is a species where we've heard stories of cyclists being attacked, etc. Oh my days, the Semo. This is who I am, and this is who I was. This, this is the route I usually take. I'm by, I'm by, I'm 87, and I've been coming here 57 years. 
like putting flowers on Mum and Dad's grave. I'm Joyce, I'm the youngest of four sisters, wonderful parents and a little payback what they've done for us. Every two or three weeks we come now, don't we? Mm -hmm. You're looking at exactly the same thing you looked at 50 years ago, but it's not the same thing. It's the, it, it was, that gravestone across there was something to hide behind. Now it's a, a, a mark of somebody's life. You've got, got to be careful you don't get no prickles. There's a lot of prickles here, like that's a prickle there, so you need scissors or gloves to uh, cut it back. Yes, it smells of summer and smells really, really fresh. My wife's mother and father were buried over back then, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, that's the last one to be buried here, you know. My wife worries about me, my grandchildren worry about me, everybody worries about me. What's the worry? I'm fine. You can pop one out of its little case and give the base a suck and get a little sugar hit on the tip of your tongue. Hi, little figure under the tree. Yeah. What are you doing? Just nestling down. You can hear me? Just about. Right now I'm just lying under a tree, um, looking at the clouds. Yeah. Before, before it was transformed, there were literally, there were a series of seven scrapyards on, on a flat area. Um, they were surrounded by decrepit corrugated iron fences. They had in them old cars, engines, oil, Alsatian dogs. Swifts, house martins, sand martins, swallows. Horde torn, um, blackberries, rose hips, and apples, wild apples. Up these old wooden steps that have been here for hundreds of years. We can see the semi-concealed gravestone. Rumour has it that there could be up to 360 odd thousand people buried here. That big, big bush over there is very big black, big blackberries. Last summer I came on a very hot day with my partner and we picked about two kilos of blackberries and I went home and made blackberry jam straight away. The sparrowhawks nests are usually fairly deep into the ivy and you could see the young birds poking their heads out and the parents bringing fresh kills to them. Screeching kind of... Long-tailed tip, ring-necked parakeet, great spotted woodpecker. The population of the East End has always been transient. When you have the docks, you have boats coming in from all over the world, so the East End becomes um, a melting pot. Within Tower Hamlet Cemetery, I've seen about 70 species, of which up to 30 are resident here. 
Fowerraker. Francis H. Fowerraker. Geographically, the Thames and this section of London lends itself to both the migration of birds and the migration of people, both in the spring and autumn. Visitors from the east and the south. The lime trees are fantastic. They remind me of my grandmother. She had a lime tree in her back garden and in the summer we would put a table under the lime tree and have our lunch together. And the lime tree would be... The seas would be falling down like a helicopter and, and landing on the table in amongst our tomatoes and cucumbers and cheese. Through now to Scrapyard Meadow, adjacent to the railway line, we can hear a National Express C2C on its way into Fenchurch Street. Lillian Maud Schwenk. Another good Eastern name. This was all farmland at the time we were a cemetery. And so you could see all the way south through to Shooter's Hill from here and see the mast of the ships in 1841 when we opened. It's always been like this. It's always been like this. I was born here like you now. When? 1926. 88 now. Holding on. <laughs> If you sat down now on one of these benches, you could be anywhere. I'm from Serbia originally. It's a small market town in the mountains in a valley. It's so small, it has three streets and everybody knew everybody else. And they're public graves, these were dug as trenches, people were stacked and racked like a pack of cards. I come here very often and most of the time I forage for fruit and flowers, not too many. It reminds me of my very happy childhood with my grandma. Just going into the woods and playing along the streams and, you know, looking for toadpoles and frogs and little fishes and birds. I can hear a dunnock singing at the south end of the meadow here. It's quite a subtle fluting song. A kind of tilu tilu. That was an excerpt of Meet Me at the Cemetery Gates, produced by Susanna Grant for the Shuffle Festival, a 24-hour extravaganza in London's Tower Hamlet Cemetery, featuring films, talks, walks, performances, music, and food themed around gods, idols, and light. Coming up after the break, we go from East London to West Alaska to take a winding, wayfaring sound walk. Stay with us. Welcome back to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxi. And on today's program, we're taking long and winding sonic strolls. 
Now we travel to Shaktulik, Alaska, a town of about 250 people on a spit between the Bering Sea and the Tugumenik River. Surrounded by water, the town is in danger of literally being washed away. Even though the town is just a few years away from being completely submerged, some can't imagine leaving their lifelong home. This is Shaktulik Soundwalk. Welcome to Shaktulik. Stormy Shaktulik, I should say. about 61 houses in the community. Uh, some of our neighbors around uh, call it Skittleville sometimes. If you look at the color of the houses, our community does look like a bag of Skittles. Maybe 450 to 500 feet wide from the river to, to the ocean. And on the ocean side, we have under 200 feet of up to the water. So we've lost 60 to 75 feet of surface. because we have virtually no way of escape at all because in the ocean side we just have the oceans, the high waters, the rough waters. In the back we have the Shaktulik River when both of them rise at the same time we just have only a very narrow strip of land to walk on. Otherwise, we're, we're stuck. 20 years from now, this place would probably be underwater. That's what really, really concerns me. Eugene knows that I'm, it's in me, in my heart. I push him. I push him to help move us. Move while we can, while we have the time. Yeah. My wife and I, we got married in September and 74, October, November was probably one of the first times that we started experiencing no frozen, solid frozen ice in the ocean. The waves pounded against the village and it was just a solid wall of frozen slush, the whole front of the village. We opened the door and there was um, frozen snow and 
driftwood out in the yard and basically right up to the porch door. Relocation has been talked about a lot. Evacuations, uh, evacuation road, evacuation shelter, but those are very costly. You could call this berm a beaver dam. It's nothing sophisticated. Basically give the waves a little bit more to lap on and give, you know, some elevation. Some call it a band-aid. I'm not saying it's going to protect or save us, but I think it will give us time. I'm not a scientist, but I've lived this long on common sense. Well, there's a potluck at 4.30, yeah, and then there's church service at 7. standing on the berm now and the berm goes all the way to past the dump so at least we try and defend ourselves and you know maybe give us more time to beat the storm back a little so it wouldn't take that much you know once it's breached it wouldn't take too many more storms so we are running out of time. has a basement. And the berm is just right there. And that's the part I'd like to get built up, you know, another foot, foot thing. Hello. I already invited them to the potluck if they wanted to. All right, see you later. Bye. Welcome to my mother's birthday party. This potluck was put on by a granddaughter whose uh, grandfather had turned 77. And he is the oldest native male in the community. This is the 77-year-old I was telling you. And his wife, Mabel, 
This is uh, Hannah Kirkup. This is Matilda Hardy. And uh, she's the uh, president of the tribal government. Yeah, glad to meet you. So let's, let's go back to We made the gym floor legal size and almost as wide, but we added the billet line. After, after we got the governor to give us the 9.2 million to remodel the school just on the inside, we applied for another grant, my wife and I. So we better go this way. But starting from here is, uh, what do we call the MPR? Multi, uh, multi-purpose room. And this is built so we could take shelter. It has a cement slab four feet high all the way around. It has uh, cooking facilities, bathroom facilities, and we converted it into the cafeteria. And it's got solid concrete all the way around. And that's part of the stain defense. And it goes back, so it basically has everything you need. Um, I'm Linda Bacolik and I'm a teacher. Been here 14 years. And 10 years ago, I married him. <laughs> Gary Bacolik, a carpenter, born and raised here in the village. We are one of the top five villages in the state that needs to move, that's in danger of being wiped away. So even in, in my reading group with my junior high kids this year, we've been studying natural disasters and forces of nature. And even they've started planning and thinking, 11, 12 years old. They said, I, I, you know, I'd take water and I would take um, food and I'd take Band-Aids and I'd grab my VHF, where before they grabbed their toys, their phones, their video games. You know, now their whole way of thinking is different. We used to get um, huge snow banks, snow drifts during the winter, long cold winters. And now it's uh, what you got out here, <laughs> almost no snow. Changes are quite, uh, quite rapid. I mean, we're going to get flooded. You know, in here it's not like the Red Cross can come and help us immediately. You know, and somebody said, well, the Coast Guard will bring helicopters. Not if there's a storm that they can't get through. You know, we're on our own, people. If we have a flood like that, chances are our cell phones aren't going to work. We're not going to have power. So how are we going to communicate with people and tell them, hey, we need help? And people keep thinking we are building an evacuation road. And I said, what are you going to do, build it 30 feet up in the air? Because the road's going to be underwater. It's like when everybody asks, what do you do when there's a storm? We go out and watch and take pictures, because what are we going to do? It's not like we can go somewhere else. was a living in a half foot storm surge. If that living in a half foot was sustaining for a few hours, I think it would have washed over.
Southern Gospel. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, a the very top of my bucket list is to be in the front row in a Bill Gaither concert. <laughs> my name is uh, Palmer Sigunik and I live here in Chaktulik uh, most of my life. And We're sitting here at uh, our home and talk about things, I guess. I'm Fina Sigunik, um, wife of Palmer Sigunik. I was raised here too. We have four children and we got about 15 grandchildren plus one great and we live here and this is our home, Shaktalik. A lot of people that come from another region say this is a harsh lifestyle and because of the environment, because of what's available here. But as children we never looked looked at it that way. I mean, everybody has uh, so much memories from childhood. There is no cars, no radios, electricity, television. And we were, some would say, we are free roaming. We lived a subsistence lifestyle in where we could live off the land a year round. In the summer, I grew up barefoot. We were in fish camps, we weren't here in the community. We were upriver and putting away fish and subsisting all summer. But uh, slowly the change came. Electricity came, uh, radios came, uh, airplanes came. We've walked out in the tundra a lot over the years cold and clear and you can hear the crunch of your steps mm -hmm. and um, it didn't melt till June. We won't have this type of uh, the type of weather we grew up with before. Lakes that once held water, the um, water drained out. Permafrost melted ground just hanging, you know, where they used to have permafrost. Mm -hmm. Boy, that was weird to see. We asked for a road years ago when our parents were here. I remember them talking about wanting a place they could run off to, mm -hmm. and it still never happened. That berm is all sand. It'll take one or two big waves to wash it off. So it's uh, cosmetics, if you will, to uh, help people to feel they're safer. It's not making us safer. But we have to think of the future. Our kids, we don't know what they'll do. Mm -hmm. Our grandkids, we don't know what they'll do. Go, 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 go
Residents, please begin evacuating to the school as soon as possible. We're seeking volunteers for night watchmen. Storm is coming in strong. Whatever may be tied, hallelujah, 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 amen. So that's part of that song. My name is uh, Ernest Sagunik, S-A-G, two O's and a C-K. I'm always looking for adventure, even today, even though I can't see too good. You can't be bored in this world as you live out your days. And there's no boring days at all. So one time I looked at that island out there, the Bezboer Island. I wonder what's around that Bezboer Island. I wonder. Ernie, you don't have to wonder. Take your eyeballs out there. I took a boat and I made the decision I am not, I'm going to be very, very quiet approaching this uh, island with my boat in my boat. There was nobody back there except me. It was very, very quiet and the water was calm. I was able to see the cove out there at Bezboa. Man alive, I almost screamed. I said, man, this is a classroom. I'm here. I'm glad I took my eyeballs over here to see what I'm seeing right now in front of me. There were thousands of seals on that cove that were feeding, but also just enjoying the day out there. And all of a sudden, when I was there, I saw something else. Beluga whales, two of them. It was a mother whale packing a baby. And I looked around and I said, man, I hope nobody comes. No motor, real quiet the way it is right now. Let them enjoy themselves being up here. That mother beluga whale taking care of its baby right before me. So, like I said, life is not boring, it's enjoyable. I don't care who you are, you're living in the classroom. So that's some of my story. Thank you very much for stopping by. so many big storms in in our lives but there's one in particular um, I looked at the weather and I listened to the forecast we had a boat behind our house a big boat 
He said, I'm going to get the boat ready. That's the first time ever of all these years on the big storms. I've uh, ever said that. The waves were pounding like uh, I can't describe them. They were so loud. Every wave that came in just banged on the beach. Now, 50 foot logs and you know, two or three feet in diameter, like toothpicks. They were just flying in the air and hitting the, the beach. And, but it was a, an awful feeling. And so we feel helpless, huh? Because there's, in water there's nothing you can do. There's no place to grab. There's uh, nothing you can do in the water. Water washes away things. Yeah. You know, if stuff melt, the water in the ocean won't rise, and it'll cause more storms. Suppose in a mid-dark night, you know, middle of the night, how are they gonna mm -hmm. bring us out of here? The strength of the water that comes, it's, um, it's way beyond what we can imagine. So if it does break through, I mean, it's just a matter of minutes before this place is gone. That was an excerpt of Shaktulik Soundwalk, produced by Josie Holtzman, Isaac Kestenbaum, and Jacqueline Estes, as part of Frontier of Change, a project of radio station KNBA in Anchorage and Localore, Finding America, a national initiative produced by the Association of Independence in Radio. We hope you've enjoyed today's sound walk, eavesdrop, and sonic stop-in. Our meandering has, sadly, come to an end, which means you're perfectly justified throwing your feet up and your head back to think, reflect, or just plain drift away. Happy trails.
You've been listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxi. The program is produced by Dennis Funk and curated by Johanna Zorn and Sarah Geis of the Third Coast Festival. Isabel Vasquez is our production assistant. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear more than 2,000 outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcast. Support for ReSound comes from Emma, a web-based email marketing and communication service helping businesses and nonprofits manage their email campaigns and online surveys in style. More at myemma.com. The Third Coast International Audio Festival is a nonprofit arts organization made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Agadino Foundation, the Monaki Foundation, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Special thanks to our many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. The Third Coast Festival, now an independent arts organization, was originally founded at WBEZ Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. ReSound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.